Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. You're watching Jeffrey Dahmer. Right? I watched it already. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that. Okay. Well, help me. Okay. And I know Martha knew I was going to ask about this. I hated the inaccuracies, I should say. Okay. I get, I've never seen a picture of him, honestly. I get that he was supposed to be a really good looking dude. He was. What on earth is with, did you know that Spirit Halloween stores, like number one costume is the Jeffrey Dahmer costume this year? Yeah. Here's the thing, you know. How is that any different than being an Adolf Hitler for Halloween? Like really? I mean, do people do that? I mean, people dress up as Michael Myers and. Yeah, but that's fictional. Yeah, it's fictional. It's. it's, I don't mind fictional, but this person like, he like destroyed people's lives, families' lives. And people are like, I, I see so many, I mean, you guys know, I'm like all TikTok or whatever and Insta into social media. And I see so many young women being like, oh my gosh, if he were still alive. And I'm like, uh, you would what? Like, ew, people. No. Just was because he-, he was played by Zac Efron and whoever the hell just played him and they're good looking dudes, he was nasty. Well, well he physically was he attractive yeah i think in in like his younger years or whatever sure he was but for me i mean that doesn't negate like yes i mean he did horrific things and you're right he ruined and or put families through so much turmoil with they i mean just and not even eh, to include his own family and his father and stepmother are still alive. Like, well, oh. see, and it's interesting that you bring that up, Keith, because Halloween is one of those times when it's almost like all bets are off unless you cross this invisible line. And nobody really knows where that is until somebody crosses it. Right. Cause you hear, you have now, you all know me. I'm, atheist agnostic whatever i don't believe in you know god and all that stuff but you have people and kids who dress up like the devil and people believe that that is you know an entity that actually exists and you know some people cry oh that crosses a line and other people don't you know so i think really like martha was saying it's one of those things that you know, for some people, they don't attach the fact that this was an actual person who did actual things that affected people, right? Mm -hmm. But if we look at it in the same forum that we look at, you know, people who dress up like angels or devils or, you know, things like that, you know, it's, you're never going to be able to have everybody be accepting and happy with everything, so. It's interesting that you say that because honestly, and I, I mean, I am a Christian and I would not mind seeing a devil costume. Right. Um, not nearly as much as I am would mind seeing somebody dressed up as Dahmer come to my house or worse, like Hitler or something. Like, I mean, you know, so what I guess I mean? the question or, with that is why? I don't know, Mussolini, like some, I don't know, some character. I think it's the whole like um, real person versus fictional thing for me right but some but people I also believe that the devil exists but i mean who knows what he looks like just because some person had like a forked tail and i don't know like you know what i mean well who's to say then though if you know we can be speculative and say okay well if the devil does exist and we don't know what that entity supposedly looks like how do we know that individuals who engage in those types of behaviors mussolini hitler serial killers things like that aren't the embodiment of what that demonic entity is supposed to have done you said it i mean some poor person that's gonna go dressed as charlie chaplin is gonna lose his hat and he's gonna automatically become hitler uh-huh so Didn't you Charlie see, Chaplin do some shady shit too. You know, like, I just I think just about every historical figure did some sketchy shit at some point in their life. True it's anymore? just the way it's it is. Writing. Oh my gosh. 
And I, I think but we have to look, I think though, too, if we look at it from another perspective, though, too, is collectively no one person is all good or all bad, right? Mm -hmm. And some people do more bad things than others. Some people do bad things that other people find out about, but none of us are free from doing bad things. Some people just obviously do more than that. So, I mean, is it? in poor taste maybe so but we could say that about really any halloween costume or any you know what i mean portrayal of things and so. in all honesty the costume itself doesn't bother me as much as and this was what i wanted to ask you guys who have seen the documentary series that have been on is more like the thought behind it because did they glorify Jeffrey Dahmer in these? Because it really seems like there is a huge part of the population that are female that saw that and saw not a villain. I don't know how to I describe think it, but I people think are like, oh, he's dreamy. You know, I <laughs> think like, there Ew. is definitely a portion of the population, albeit very small, who are prison fuckers. You know, and I mean, basically, I you know, they, they really like the idea that they could save someone or, or change them to a different team. Jeffrey Dahmer was not heterosexual. So the idea well, here's the thing, though, too, is you have the same stuff with Manson. You have the same stuff with Bundy. You this had is what I'm saying. Things, yes. Right. That's true. How here's many people dress up of, like Manson for Halloween? Here's the flip side of the coin, too, is I don't think a I don't think they glorified Dahmer in that series, but also Dahmer's played by a pretty popular actor who yeah. is found to be attractive by a lot of people. So I think the dressing up as him and or, you know, glamorization of it is a is either because of Evan Peters, who rightfully so, I think, you know, he's a great actor, but he's also physically attractive. And so it's more related it. to that than the actual person. Yeah, and then yeah. the other side too, it's kind of like people want to almost normalize or, you know, mm -hmm. if I dress up as the boogeyman, the boogeyman can't be real type thing. Like it can't, they can't hurt me. And so if we make it into a Halloween costume, how could it ever be real? Even That's though it really is real. Too. And right. the other thing that you have to consider about Halloween is that people think about they you know they have a conversation with themselves about what's the most frightening thing I can be mm -hmm. you know what's the scariest thing that I could dress up as and for some people that's the devil you know yeah. for some people that's Jeffrey Dahmer for some yeah. people you know it's we also have to remember too my little pony scary thing <laughs> is I remember when all that stuff was going on because I grew up in the Midwest. I have family in Milwaukee, like, you know, stuff like mm -hmm. that. But a lot of younger people, they don't actually remember or attach things to that, right? Because, I mean, I saw, I think, a veteran the other day who was born in, like, the late 90s who's in his late 20s, right? So if wow. we think about that, right, younger kids and stuff like that, it's – it's a fairy tale essentially because it's so far removed from them that that's why those things, right? Cause it isn't people our age going around dressed like Dahmer. I mean, maybe a select few. The prison again, fuckers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, or stuff like that. But really when it's even teenagers. Sorry, Bonnie. Like that, I know you wrote to, wrote to prisoners and whatnot. So I'm trying to get her, I'm trying to get her into the conversation. So I, I'm watching her face and I see this little smile. Go up. She thinks we're all fucking nuts. She's like these crazy bitches. She's counting. I didn't have a uh, consent room where I used to go visit the prisoners at jail. A consent room I've never heard of. That's awesome. Oh, you you mean a uh oh what are they called? Conjugal visit Conjugal room. visit room. Yeah. <laughs> and you were what, only fourteen anyway? Room. You just wanted to get after the bad boys. <laughs> oh. No, I was sixteen. Oh, That's oh, of age. Seriously, Martha, don't make hey. it dirty. Sorry. Plus, like they're already in jail. What are you gonna do? Throw them in jail for it? <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. There are also some prison programs where they will take 
um, shelter dogs. They will assign them to a prisoner and the, and the prisoners will train them either for, you know, basic training type things and or to be service animals. Mm -hmm. And then the service animals will be, you know, given to a person or veteran who needs well, that makes services. a whole hell of a lot more sense than most of the jobs they give prisoners. Echo went to a, to a prison for training. Did, Did she? she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She couldn't stay because she was too sick. Her anxiety so high that the change of her routine was too much and she was throwing up, so she yeah. couldn't stay. But they sent her to a uh, they sent her to a prison to have an inmate trainer. Sweet girl. All right. And Echo's had more of an interesting life than I have, I swear. <laughs> Seriously. Is, you know, this is so enlightening, Bonnie. We're just learning so much about me and my pet. You both, that we both like prisons. You both like prisons. <laughs> now, to be fair, it wasn't a prison. I used to go to the county jail. That's just, different. You know what? It's like I always have to get Now you've ruined it. I always have to get Listen, there's not much to do in the small town when you're not drinking at the river. So we used to go to the, the, to the jail to visit the friend our friends <laughs> that were in jail <laughs> let's think about what rachel could go to jail for this is a fun game murder <laughs> no that's not fun i keep thinking someday i'll get into a bar fight <laughs> oh my god i could be that did you guys read the news story this has to go on the podcast there is a lady who i think it was jehovah's witnesses or some of those uh -oh. religions that comes to your door and she decided to chase him down the I street. Saw that. Kids. that that is what say, I'm going to go to jail Say for. what she said. Say what she said. Oh, what did she say? Oh, she something said. about her her evil vagina. Voodoo put <laughs> vagina. Uh, ma voodoo Portal. evil vagina magic or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I don't God. remember, but I laughed so hard. I want to be friends with that woman. I want. I to be know. With that woman. You know if what? I had so many times I have. You, you have no idea how many mean things I have said to uh, to. What do you call them? Mi missionaries who have come to my door over the years, but a lot of them are really scary, made up shit, so that they would never come back. Because <laughs> I just. I I want to run down the guys that come to my door every freaking day with Dr. Oz crap. Like every Ugh. day I get at least two mailings in the mail. Every day somebody's at the door wanting to talk to me about how I should elect Dr. Oz. And I swear to God, if I had the energy, I would run them all down and be like, hi, I have a haunted vagina. Don't ever come to my house again. I don't know what she said, but oh. yay. My voodoo pussy magic or something. So for Halloween costumes, how about if we all just dress as prisoners, just basic prisoners, you know, with the stripes? I think are. you guys have already got I it know, going on here. Like, that's easy. I have lots of black and white stripes. You know what happened to me one time? I have to tell you this story because this is a true story. Ron and I got invited to a Halloween party at one of his work, friend, uh, work friends' house. And I had never met anybody. I had never met the wife or anything. And... You guys know I'm not a normal person. So I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to dress up like. I think I'll be a corpse. So, of course, my mind was like, hmm, okay. So if I was a corpse, I would be laying on the ground dead. And if I was laying on this side, all the blood would pool over here. So then I have to make my whole side look like that. So I did. I made it. I did the makeup to where the whole one side of my face was all, you know, you could see all the all the blood on one side and my whole arm was like that. And then the other side was super white and torn Arthur clothes up and they all think she has some horrific disease. And they were all like, Oh, it was the most awkward Halloween costume I've ever had because people looked at me like I was so disturbing. They couldn't believe I was in their living room. Were you the only one dressed up? No, everybody was dressed up, but they were dressed up like sexy witches and, uh, you know, clowns and uh, little mermaids and bullshit like that. And here's me over here. But but like I wasn't, I was just a random corpse. I wasn't like a famous corpse. <laughs> a random corpse. Just a, just a Jane Doe. <laughs> I wasn't you know? any specific corpse. It was yeah. a Jane Doe. Did you have a toe tag? <laughs> <laughs> I, shit, I forgot. 
That what a missed perfect. opportunity. Damn it. In the LA County morgue with a toe tag. <laughs> that would be fucking <laughs> awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> Seriously though, what are you gonna what 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 are you gonna dress like? Let's say you have to pick right now and you have to go to a Halloween costume. Pick. Tina Belcher. Oh, nice. Tina Belcher is a good Lu choice. I want to go as Louise. Yes. Louise no, I want to go as Linda. You strike me more as a Louise. I can't ever decide between Louise, Linda and yeah. Louise. I love them both so much. Yes. I do too. The Linda, three women see, on that show I love. I would think Linda would be the most fun to dress up as. I have Linda's glasses too. Do you? <laughs> Vonnie, you have to pick. Like if it was something that we I didn't have to pay for? Yes, we have to go. We got invited yeah, to a really cool Halloween party. I We're dressing up. You have to go, and it's going to be super fun, and you can take Echo. I want to dress up like Ursula. From Ooh, Little that would be good, too. Yes. That'd be really good. You know, I saw this tutorial on how to put scales on your face. You just use a fishnet stocking. You put it over your She's head. She's She doesn't have skills. Hush. You're fucking up my she... vibe. <laughs> Rachel, you ruined it. God! <laughs> Rachel! She's not a fish. She has tentacles, though. Damn it. Yeah. She's I said, a sea Ursula, creature. not Little Mermaid. I don't want to be a fucking fish. Damn it. Who's <laughs> so gaga over a guy that she gives her voice away. Yeah, no, that's thank true. You. Yeah. I like that to keep my voice, story. thank you. You're, you do kind of have a sea witch kind of vibe going there. I am a sea witch. <laughs> Let's call it what it is, too. Vani has the boobs to be Ursula. She does. Mm. And, and I the do butt. Know. Think about Ursula's figure. I'm like the perfect shape to be Ursula. All you need is some extra limbs. I need some... Uh, some octopusy. You need an some... octopusy. <laughs> Ursula's a vibe. I honestly, she's got it going on. Ursula can get herself off with all her tentacles. Ooh. Right? Jealousy. Don't have you no ever read a man? Come on now, Keith. Have you ever read oh. a, an octopus? Oh, puss, yeah. Puss I've book? read lots of tentacle porn. Ooh, tentacle porn. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear about that, but I think that'll be a different episode. That'll be the weird sex episode that we'll have to, you know, explore later. I think we should start, though, with our Halloween-y vibe. Bonnie, do you need to finish your row before we begin? Is, oh. that a, is, is that a pumpkin again? Yeah, this is a different pumpkin. I finished the other pumpkin. This I one's going to be braided. Can you see it? I love, see I love, love, that. love that. Is that one for me? Well, I might give it to you when, like, I'm done with it at work. Wow. I'm making this for work. And see, this one's bigger. See how big this is going to be? That is so, uh, yeah. so cool. I just started with the the up, uh, the pumpkin, the vertical. Very cool. I'm done. I'm done with the horizontal for now. I went vertical. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. She's doing vertical. I took that dirty, too. Oh, God. Yeah, too. I because we were just talking about tentacle sex, and now that's where my brain is all of a sudden. I kind of meant it dirty. You can just kind of assume that anything I say is probably meant to be dirty. Okay, so my book this week has absolutely nothing to do with tentacles. Damn it. Sorry. Sorry, Keith. There's no tentacle sex in my book. There's absolutely no sex in my book because it's a nonfiction about haunted houses. It's called Ghostland. An American Story in Haunted Places by Colin Dickey. And this is exactly what I said. It's a nonfiction about like the most haunted places in America. Talks about the Winchester house. Has anyone heard about the Winchester house? The daughter, I believe, that lived in the Winchester mansion, she um, kept adding on to it because ghosts told her that oh. as soon as the construction with her house was done, that she was going to die. So like, there's like staircases that lead to nowhere. There's doors that open up to nothing. What a smart lady. That's yeah. awesome. And it kind of goes in and tells that story, but it also kind of debunks some of the folklore that surrounds the house. And so that was pretty interesting. It talks about different haunted places in uh, New England talks about Salem and the witch trials 
And uh, the gentleman who wrote the book actually went and stayed the night at some of these different haunted places, like the most haunted room. He stayed in a bed and breakfast one time, and it was the most haunted room in this bed and breakfast. But he said nothing happened. But when they were doing the tour, he said that it was like somebody was breathing on his ear and he turned around and nobody was behind him. Uh, How freaky is that? And, and just little stories like that. So, and I mean, I love haunted houses. I think they're awesome. I would totally spend the night in a haunted bed and breakfast or a haunted hotel because I just think it would be cool. But it was also interesting to hear about some of the legends that surround these haunted places and how untrue they really are and kind of what started the craze. Like, and I know everyone's heard this because poltergeist is like centered around this, like a house that's built on an Indian burial ground and like stuff like that. And he also talks about how some of the ghost sightings are more based on people's inner guilt like in slave times or right after slave times a lot of the ghosts that people saw were slaves that died at the hands of their masters in horrific ways and um, other times it was rich people would see peasants as ghosts just kind of like their guilt of the difference in class that was pretty interesting too I mean you know I'm a sucker for a nonfiction, and this was just telling the story about all of these and how some of what we believe started, like how these beliefs started. Mm -hmm. And it also talked about house. And one of you might know it. I can't remember the name of the book, but it, there's a science fiction book that is a lot like this house, but the person who built this house was a little bit crazy and a little bit brilliant. And he set the house up so that lights and stuff would turn on and different and different electrical things would turn on and off at specific times, but n nobody knew how it worked when he died and they sold the house and the people <laughs> oh, who moved in, things would just turn on and off and like toilets would flush by themselves and all this other stuff. And when they called out electricians and plumbers and stuff and they started investigating, they found out that when the house was built, it was built up to automate all of this stuff. And nobody knew how to control it. That's hilarious. <laughs> or horrifying. <laughs> right? Could you imagine sitting in your living room and you're just, you know, crocheting away, watching TV, and all of a sudden all the lights go off and the toilet flushes. And you're like, <laughs> We need to leave right now. <laughs> That's seriously the reason I have cats, so that I don't freak out at every bump because I attribute everything to those fuckers. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that was a cat. Yeah, right. Well, after having lived in several different houses and after touring a book ton of houses after moving, you'd be surprised at the kind of, quote, upgrades that people create like they're janky sprinkler systems that you have to stand on one leg and chant in order to get them to work and you know it's like what's connected to what and why and how did this get i mean you'd be surprised at the kinds of in just quote, picture a realtor being like things this house is a little off you have to do a ritualistic sacrifice to get the toilet to flush exactly, but it's fine but it's fine it's fine you get used to it where is that house, Vaughty? Do you remember? I don't remember. I, I don't even know if he said where it was, but he, yeah. That's it was somebody's living in it right now being like, ah, oh, shit, there's our house. He talked a lot about um, the construction of some of these houses, especially like in different parts of California, because they don't have any kind of codes on how you can build onto your house. So people would just keep adding rooms and it made no sense. Like they would add a room, you know, and take down or just add a door to a wall that had a window. So you'd have a window going from one room to another room. And so houses were just like these mazes. So he kind of, which I think is extremely interesting because I love 
going in and looking at pictures and doing like virtual tours of different houses that I will never buy. <laughs> oh, now I'm learning something else new about you, Vani. I did not I know that you it. were a peeper. I love doing that. He's right. I that do that a lot fun. too, Vani. Because you go in and you're like, oh, I wouldn't have done that there. Like, yeah. That. Especially it be like judgmental these- in the best way. Mm-hmm. Especially like these million dollar houses, you mm-hmm. go in just to see how they're like decorated and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, woo, this guy would had a love like, of my taste. <laughs> hey, look, the bed rotates. Wow, that's an interesting place to put a mirror. <laughs> Have you seen that? Sh- There's a show on Netflix about a lady who's a sex room designer. Really? Yeah. I would watch that. Yeah, it's on Netflix. That's awesome. He operates out of this house. The, the toilet flushes for no reason. <laughs> lights, lights, lights go off. <laughs> See that you could have a whole nother whole shower nother, turns um, on. <laughs> whole nother um, whip. It's like what section of dominatrixes that you know force men to be in haunted places that they don't want to be in. What would you call that? Freaky as shit. <laughs> Freaky. <laughs> It's super freaky. All right. Let's move along, shall we? Oh, did you give title and artist? She's not done. We interrupted her. I mean, there isn't really much more to say. It's just a book about all of that. And I thought it was completely fantastic. I was loving this book. But I'm strange and I like nonfiction books also. So that's not strange. This doesn't really have like any gory things or like jump factor Hey, it's got a ghosty vibe, right? Dude, I'm all about that book, and I'm not generally into nonfiction, but that sounded fascinating as crap. But just to learn the story behind all of these haunted houses and different things, it was just fantastic. I read this book. I actually read this book twice because I was like an hour away from finishing it, and I freaking timed out at the library. So I had to check it out again. And of course, you know, I started from the beginning instead of just finding where I was. Jeez. Because um, that's you, Vonnie. Yeah. Well, that's that, what we love about you. <laughs> I like the stories. So. <laughs> exactly right. I have to start from the beginning. That again is Ghostland and American History. And wait, let me do that again. Ghostland and American History in Haunted Places by Colin Dickey. It was awesome. It was cool. I've already put it on my TBR. You'll have to tell me if you like it because sometimes I get excited about stu- about books that are that's not true to everybody else they're you know what this is the great thing about this podcast is that we offer so many different facets of reading that it doesn't make it it, you know it doesn't matter what your reading taste is you're going to find something that you like yeah and it was good i liked it okay why don't we have rachel go next then apparently uh i'm keeping with a theme um because last podcast I did the butcher and the wren and we're just going simple this week with the butcher by John <laughs> Hillier. <laughs> I was gonna say no do, more wrens. do you have a meat fetish or something Rachel that we need to know about maybe that would be really sad I mean um, I have some jerky in the car if you want if you need it need a little meat to gnaw on like Nancy Pelosi have getting a after a slim jim <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm perpetually 12 whenever you say meat, too. Like, my mind just goes. <laughs> 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 <Yep>. Same. <laughs> um, but uh, I picked up I picked up this book because um, I had read Jar of Hearts by Jennifer Hillier, which was completely disturbing. So I thought, eh, the butcher, that has, that has potential. So um, the book opens up back in 1985. And what you quickly are informed of is that the person who is killed at the beginning of the book is a serial killer known as the Beacon Hill Butcher, who had been terrorizing the Seattle area for a long time, essentially, right? And so it doesn't do a whole lot of time hops, which is good. I don't necessarily love a time hop, but, uh, but it does pull you back to present day and and the 80s a few times. But essentially, if you love family secrets in a book, I think this would be a great book for you. I honestly, I don't know if it's a little bit of burnout from this type of reading or other things. To me, it kind of felt a little formulaic with certain things. Like I guessed all the 
quote twists before they came, but I still thought it was a really good read, right? I still thoroughly enjoyed the story, but I, it wasn't a wow thing for me. It didn't necessarily do as much as other things that I've read by this, this writer, but I will say she writes an unlikable character so, so well. And there were multiple characters in this story that I really liked and that I really, really disliked. And Jennifer Hilliard definitely has a knack for writing cold hearted killer in her books. And so, and this does center around one family, past secrets, present secrets, things like that. Um, it's a standalone, so everything gets wrapped up. Definitely some some gory stuff uh, in there, but it's not the whole thing. Overall, I thought it was a good read. I thought the pace was really good on things. I think it came out in 2014. So, and you do get um, several POVs in there, which I tend to like as well. So uh, it had some twists and turns. If you love family secrets and some other things like that, uh, and you definitely love unlikable characters, this is your book. So again, that was... The Butcher by Jennifer Hillier. Well, Keith, how about you? you All right, Keith. Now you said this book is disturbing. I've got Kindle open. (laughs) I need it. Give it. I'm almost, I discussed this book at length with Mr. Keith because I was like, I don't even know if I'm being irresponsible by reviewing this on the podcast. I love it. It is so insanely dark. I really... Okay, so the book I'm reviewing is called R.I.P. by Charity B. Just B initial. I went into it blind, first off, because I I went to a Facebook group that I'm a part of, and I said, I need a horror book. And a bunch of people said, how squeamish are you? And I said, I don't know. And I read this almost against myself, and I, I enjoyed it, but I feel like I shouldn't have. This is definitely a family secrets kind of book. There is a lot of gore. There are so many trigger warnings I can't even explain. One of the biggest is that our main character, okay, I'm just going to talk about what it's about. And then I guess the triggers will come. Okay. This is so out of my wheelhouse. I'm like actually uncomfortable talking about it. (laughs) Um, Basically what happens is we're in a small town And a man and his wife live there. And this man has always wanted to be a pastor and he gets his chance and he's given a church in the small town. His wife owns a family run mortuary. And so she runs the mortuary and he's the pastor. Um, They have two children and they're born 364 days apart. So they're very close in age. The woman dotes completely on her oldest son. She loves him so much. But then she has her daughter a year, almost a year later, and she does not bond with her daughter at all. Her daughter is everything she despises as much as she loves her other son. And at the same point, and I think one of the reasons why she despises the daughter so much is that she develops schizoaffective disorder after birthing the second child because her husband is a pastor And this is not at all true of all Christians, by the way, just nutty Christians, in my opinion. She is diagnosed, but they don't believe in medicating. So she is not medicated. And as time goes on, she she believes she has a gift. She can speak to the people who come into her mortuary who are dead. And she can also see vile things around people who do bad things. And she, yes, Rachel, (laughs) I love that you raised your hand. Go ahead. I'll enter a little disclaimer in there. Schizoaffective disorder is essentially a mood disorder and psychotic features of schizophrenia together. So you have the mood component of like depression and anxiety and like what you're talking about, hallucinations, delusions, things like that. Thank you. In case people don't know what schizoaffective disorder is. So this woman decides that she she finds out that there are very bad people in neighboring towns. And so she tells her husband about it and they kind of decide to be vigilantes. And so they start kidnapping these people and then torturing them and killing them in the basement of the church. 
And then she disposes of the bodies by cremating them. So, and this goes on for years. Now, as a subplot, and this is where we get very trigger warning-y, I mean, if you weren't already by the death and killing and torturing, the pastor's wife does not feel any sexual attraction to her husband anymore, but he repeatedly forces himself on her because otherwise they wouldn't have any kind of intimate relationship. And each time he does this, she then in turn goes to her son and abuses him in a horrifying manner. Oh my God. Right. And this when is the one the, she supposedly loves. Yes. Because she needs, after she feels horribly degraded by the rape of her husband, she needs to feel some kind of love. And she truly thinks her son enjoys it. She thinks that she's very messed up. So when the kids are 14 and 13, the pastor decides because he's doing God's work and ridding the world of these criminals, he decides that the children need to start getting in on the action. And they call it family night. And they all go out and do this together. Malachi is the 14-year-old son. Adriel is his younger sister. They have this insanely close bond because they were born so close together and because their parents are really messing with their minds. And Adriel also starts to exhibit um, symptoms that people realize she's not altogether there either. She makes creations of dolls and toys at first because she feels so out of touch with other kids. She wants to create creations that will feel as different and bizarre as she feels. And then she starts turning to animals and it's just not, it's a very bad situation. Um, and this story is basically about the children, um, how they grow up, the parents and some of the sick things that they do in the name of what they believe is good. And I'll tell you what, it, it gets really bad. There is a lot of incest. The brother and sister enter into a consensual and consensual incestual relationship. Jesus. First off, I kind of thought this book was a little fascinating. The poor boy Malachi is the only person that realizes all the things that everyone in his family are doing are wrong. And watching him trying to save his little sister who doesn't realize that it's wrong and enjoys it is a very interesting dynamic. It goes so crazily worse from here. The only good thing I can say about it is that everyone that they kill deserves to be killed in as much as you can deserve it, I, I guess. They don't ever kill, the children don't ever kill anyone without doing it in self-defense or, you know, this, this, the ending was very bizarre. I think the word satisfying is incorrect, but I guess it ends in the best way it possibly could for the bizarre situations that these poor children are put through. But I, I found it fascinating. I don't know that I, I mean, I gave it four stars because it was really well written. It was really interesting and I felt for the children because they were just so messed up by their parents. But I mean, make no mistake, they make awful decisions and do awful things as a result of the stuff they've been put through. But yeah, it's truly horrifying. It's very graphic, both in the gore and in relationshipy things, for lack of a better term. But wow, it was a really weird mentally illness kind of ride. Yeah, I can't say I enjoyed it, but I found it really interesting. I would read the author again. I, I kind of hope she doesn't go quite so far down the rabbit hole as she did. But And that book, again, was R.I.P. by Charity B. Probably the most horrific book I've ever read. You know, of all of the books that I have read, horror books that I have read over the years, and I've read a lot, 
I have never read anything that sounds that disturbing. There was so much in it. I mean, there it's like you take mm. one of every horrible thing that, and I usually, oh, truly. I usually kind I'm just of gonna say it. Even Tampa wasn't that bad. Oh no, this was. I, I mean, yeah. Wow. But here's the thing that I first thought of when you were describing the woman deciding that people were evil. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my father was a paranoid schizophrenic. Yes. And so you you know that when that happens, that's not real. So that was my first thought was that she's deciding people are evil, but they're not really evil. The book does let you know that these people are truly evil. It's almost presented in a more paranormal thing than oh. her mental illness. Oh, okay. When the they... whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, if you had just medicated this yeah. poor woman, yep. See, if you I... hadn't been so bizarre in your beliefs that drugs are so bad, I mean, I mean, that's See, a... I'd, I probably would have stopped reading right there. because the, See, that's that a whole... soapbox yeah. I could be on for the rest of time. Yeah. Like with Christians that don't believe in medicating for mental illness. I mean, I could speak on that yeah. for years. And but not I be don't done, like but... it when when they u- conveniently use mental illnesses like that to demonize people. I agree. Right, because statistically, individuals who have some sort of psychotic disorder like schizophrenia or schizoaffective are far less violent than you know any other portion of the population so and it sounds like the the daughter in there the thing with the dolls and other stuff that's more like serial killer behavior well honestly because she didn't get the love and attention when she was younger she likely has reactive attachment disorder which then yes can formulate into she doesn't know how to create those types of emotional bonding and reaction because children have to be given those safe relationships and in order to develop those things and there there is something that that is called that and when you're that young it's also really rare for children to exhibit symptoms of psychosis like i said <laughs> obviously you have to suspend your disbelief when you're mm. reading any kind of horror novel and and she really did clearly include all of the things and at the beginning of the book there is like a page and a half of like you know i don't know anyone with this distort this disorder this isn't how people generally like that's that's why uh, i immediately am like no if you don't know about it you shouldn't write about it but see i honestly and i've learned this about myself probably from being on this podcast i much prefer horror books that I feel like couldn't happen. Yeah. When things yeah. get closer to reality, I then immediately very much dislike them. See, this and that's a really so good point. This was in yeah. fiction that I was okay. And no dogs died, which was <laughs> nice. Bonnie, no, that, I'm just kidding. That would have been my, yeah. that's why I was like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. Whew. Well, that was a roller coaster ride, wasn't it? Yeah, now that I've destroyed you. What did you read, Martha? You know what? It's almost like I deserve that, Keith, because I'm the one that brings the horror, and you brought it, girl. (laughs) You fucking brought it. Well, after I read it, I was like, well, I'm not going to not review it. Why else did I read this thing? The book that I picked this week is called Hidden Pictures by Jason Rakulak. I think that's how you say the name. This is one of those books that I read, and after I sat with it for a while, I downgraded it. Because there were things about it that were really bothering me, and I I kind of dismissed them at the time because I was really looking for good horror books. But if you if you want to look at the book all on all on its own, devoid divorcing it from horror month, then you have to be honest about what, and for a horror book, I, I rated it fairly highly because horror books on the whole tend to be, you have to suspend your disbelief for them, right? This book is about a girl named ba- Mallory who is very young, but she is an addict. She became addicted 
to pain pills because there was a bad car accident and she had to go through, you know, she's been through rehab and she's got, wait, did she go through rehab or she, I don't remember. I kind of tuned out for that part because I tend to not really like books about addiction and I avoid them like the plague. And if there had been, if this had gone just a little farther into the explanation and made it more about that, I would have been out. At the beginning, she wasn't in rehab. But she goes to rehab because when she gets her job later in the book, it's from rehab. Oh, okay. Her sponsor gets her the job. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I'm just helping no, you out since I read fine. the book too. Bonnie read it too because when I first finished it, I was like, oh my gosh, this was a great horror novel. Because it was a fun read from a horror novel lens. So I was like, oh, this was a pretty fun ride because it's ridiculous, right? So anyway, this girl... Her sponsor helps her get this job or this interview to be a nanny. Well, first of all, <laughs> it's very unlikely that somebody is going to allow you to take care of their child if you have this background. So that's it's not very believable from that. They'd be a real understanding person because I got to say I wouldn't. Yeah. So so that's let's start with that. Okay. I, I'm basically letting go of that in the beginning and going forward with the story. So she, the, the interview is really weird, though, because the, the wife is like, oh, yeah, my husband's not going to like this. And she's very, don't pay attention to him. And then the husband's like really super rude to her and she doesn't think she's going to get the job. And then he comes back and all of a sudden she's got the job. So it's just, just a really weird dynamic to begin with and it's one of those very it's a big house they have behind the house there's an extra house it's like a little cottage in the backyard so she's gonna stay in the cottage the little boy I don't remember Teddy he's five the reason I kept reading this book is because of the pictures and really that's what the title is hidden pictures so almost right away in the story you see Teddy's artwork which is kind of disturbing for a little kid to see the kind of artwork that he's doing and there are all kinds of really humongous red flags about what the hell you know this this kid is drawing all these weird pictures and everybody's acting like there's nothing wrong one of the reasons that I liked the book was the kooky neighbor who you know comes in and she's like oh my gosh these people are so weird and if you ever need anything and you know she's the characters are sort of bigger than life and I really liked that part of it in fact the lady next door brings a Ouija board over at one point <laughs> And, you know, usual party, you know, it is for me. Yeah. (laughs) And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm thinking about Vani, of course, you know, Vani loves a good Ouija board story. The neighbor lady tells a story about because she has grown up in this town and she tells the story about this woman who disappeared from that. Was it that land or that cottage that was murdered in the cottage? It was murdered in the cottage. There's yeah. always a murder. Right, in the right. You get that whole urban legend thing going on. You got the Ouija board. I was just really having fun reading it. And then I started to get super fucking creeped out about three quarters of the way through. I truly was all in when the whatever was affecting Teddy starts to sort of bleed over into the main character. Mm. And in the meantime, she's got this boyfriend who is like trying to help her figure out the mystery and they're doing research to find out, you know, about this ghost. And I can just really see the fun horror movie being made out of this because it's just so bizarre. Honestly, I liked the twisting bit at the end because it's not what you think it's going to be. You think you have it figured out and then something else happens and it's something completely different. And I think that in a story, any story, in the reviews, there are a lot of reviews in here that are not very good. Um, and a lot of them are talk about how, you know, at a certain point in the 
in the book, she jumps the shark. And I'm like, in a horror novel, that happens all the fucking time, you guys. You know, if you're going to have fun with a book, have fun with it. This is a horror novel. It is not a serious novel. And anybody who thinks it is, is kidding themselves. It was a fun read for me. I enjoyed it. The twist was great. I thought the twist was great. I thought the way that it all fell together. I think the twist in it was scarier than the fucking ghost. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, you got to, if you look at it through that lens, and you've read as many horror novels as I've read over my lifetime, you rarely find one that has that unique combination of things. So, you know, I... As a book on its own, I'm not going to rate it super high, but if if there had been partial stars, I would have rated it a three and a half. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think it, it it would translate to a very a very good movie. Yeah, it and would. I think it would be a popular movie. Yeah, because it had some really unique and interesting things about it that really would play well visually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially like what you said with this big house and these um, over-the-top characters that were in the book. Yeah, the boyfriend is just such a sweetheart, you know, and he's he comes, she meets him in the backyard when he's mowing the lawn for his dad who has a lawn business. And she doesn't know at the time that he's a rich boy. She thinks he's a Mexican worker or whatever. And it turns out the dad is this rich dude who lives on the in the same subdivision. And he's he's a good kid and and just the perfect boyfriend type character. And it's a sweet that part of it is a sweet story. Um, even though I don't like that kind of thing, it was it was exactly right for the story as it was. The only thing I didn't really like about the story was the whole addiction angle and the way that they treated it within the story. And like I said, when I finished the book, I was all like, yes, I'm going to review this. And, and then, then you thought about it. Well, and then and then Bonnie read it. She's like, well, what about this, this, this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. That is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. She's I like, totally this, was, this book her was bubble. terrible. And then, I'm like, well, I didn't hate the book. Like, I would probably only give it a three star just yeah. because there was, I think the main problem with me is I did not like the main character. She was not very likable. Like she wasn't very likable. I mean, she was she's a little like wooden. reading from the Bible, watching yeah. Hallmark movies yeah. on her. And But you I know why she's I, doing it. So that's the only reason I gave her a pass. You know I hate that shit. I gave her a pass. Yeah, I know. So, but yeah. as a horror book, and I think it would make an awesome movie, and there was some oh shit moments. Definitely very, some very oh good moments. oh shit moments in it. It's, and the it, twist was good. Yeah. I will say that. See, after you have a conversation about a book like this, you get a lot of different kinds of feedback. Some people absolutely hated it. There were a lot of one stars. What? I just saw one. I, I went on to see how it was received. And somebody rated it one star and just put, one of these days, I'm finally going to learn to stop taking book recs from random TikToks. See, and there I was you go. like, I get that. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing is it is you have to explain. You have to explain to people, look, there are different kinds of books for different kinds of things. This is a horror novel. If you read it through that lens, this is a great book. But if you're trying to make it a literary masterpiece, fuck no. Right. With horror, it's very easily favorite book or least favorite book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it it's because I mean, it's so subject it's it's probably the most subjective genre that there is out there and because I, i'm bad there really this... isn't one criteria there isn't yeah. a formula for horror it's I'm... just all over the freaking is it listed as horror uh... is it listed as horror or just thriller i think it might just be listed just as a thriller. thriller i don't think this person that wrote it was trying for a horror novel but that's yeah. what well, they got and thriller, i would I mean... say though this is a good like this would be good for teens exactly this is a good ya book it's a because it's a, there's not really a lot of sex. The addiction would make it like PG thirteen, right? It but, it would make a better movie than. Is there a lot of gore in it? No, there's hardly any really. gore in it. No. Okay. It's more ghosty. the The reason that I picked it is because it was a new book and I liked the description. Because sometimes you just don't know till you read them whether or not you're gonna like them. You just gotta try them all. 
You just got to catch them all like Pokemon. Okay. You the need one to I'm do the artist reviewing. and title again. Oh, sorry. That was Hidden Pictures by Jason Rekulak. Or Rekulak, whichever way. Echo! Actually, it lists two authors. Will, Will Steele. No, he's the other illustrator. Oh, Will's, Will One of them Staley. illustrated the cover and one of them did the pictures inside. Oh, apparently. I see. Okay, okay. And obviously, I listen to the audio, which oh. is also the other thing that makes it... Well, so how... Okay, so how do you get cute freaked out by the pictures then because it's imagination the your imagination imagination is so much more powerful than any illustration i just want i was like oh my gosh it occurred to me how would you even see the pictures and the narration was excellent so that's the other thing that you add to it yeah you know that's that's where a good narrator can like make or break your audio book totally it can make or break a book yeah yeah See, I'm listening to Game of Thrones right now, and I don't really like the narrator that much. And I'm like, shit, mm. I got another 20 hours or 40 hours <laughs> oh, of this what? book left. You got a long Just speed it up. Now that you bring that up, I think that's why I didn't like my book this week that much, is I really hated the narrator. I didn't like how he did the female voices Ugh. or one of the male voices. I absolutely hated the narrator. See? And so maybe that's why I didn't like the book as much. See? So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got to consider all of those things. I might not have liked it at all had I actually read a physical copy. But after we've talked about all of these things and after we've done our reviews this week, has anything changed in, in what we would dress up as if we had to go to a party right now? I mean, I'd be okay dressing up with Dahmer so long as I could find a really low-cut shirt and really high cut shorts to wear with that outfit because halloween's all about dressing like a slut right oh you got to go as a slutty jeffrey dahmer slutty jeffrey dahmer we were talking about ursula and the tentacle porn and while we were doing reviews i remembered there's this erotic author that i read all the time that i really like her name's katie robert and she has a whole like a seven book series and they're they're naughty like they're all about the disney movies like and there's one about i think ursula is a dominatrix and she gets prince eric and ariel and they're both like her sex slaves in it. come on vani <laughs> that sounds like that's right up your alley i mean i could add uh i could add a whip and a leather a leather choker to uh-huh. my outfit that works but that who's, works for who's me. gonna be the prince i will <laughs> You gonna be my I prince? Have short hair. I can make it work. <laughs> Is it okay if I put you in handcuffs? <laughs> so I would. You'd have to chain her up and you'd have to drag her around. Can I make one request? Huh? Mm-hmm. Keep on theme. Can I have a purple ball gag instead of a red one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. No problem. You have to match. So now, yeah. but if you guys are gonna be like together, it means the re- rest of us, we need to have the group costume too. Martha, you can be you can be a dead fish so that you can use your fish net <laughs> technique. Uh, let's see. You could be a, a zombie guys, fish. Someone needs to be Ariel yet. Zombie Ariel. Zombie Ariel. <gasps> Do it. Oh my gosh! And I'll let the blood yeah, pool on this side scale. of my face, and it'll be all green because you know. Yes. There needs to be a movie about the people who are like. Bah humbug to Halloween. I know what you guys could be. You guys are, this is what we could be because there's more than one. We could be Dominatrix uh, uh, Posse? Snow White. And <gasps> yeah, each one of us could that. be dwarves. And yeah. you know, Snow White could be like, you know, fishnet stockings, mm. spiked heels. Oh, I love it. So all we need is just some short guys to participate. You've got a big gnome collection. We could just carry them around in chains. Oh, yeah. That's the funny thing about gnomes. You you have one and they tend to multiply. See? Yeah. I think... <laughs> Those are dirty gnomes. Yes, they are, filthy little fuckers. You need to get some condoms for their hats. <laughs> you need some hat condoms for those things. No, I just need a taller gnome with a nice soft hat tip i don't know that you want a soft one well not too soft <laughs> obviously it'd have to be just the right 
consistency. A vibrating hat. Do you want me to get rounded. you a gnome with a vibrating hat? A rounded vibrating hat. See, now you're getting my vision. We'll probably be on Amazon next week. Probably because I said it out loud in front of the wiretap here. It'll be, it'll be suggested on Facebook for you. Oh my God. It probably already exists. You guys are going to make me look for links on Amazon, aren't you? For dirty notes. You could be the evil queen. I really you know, could dominatrix. be. You know what? You on last week's podcast, while you guys were talking about witches, you didn't hear it. I turned my mic on when you said Martha needs to be here to do the cackle. I did the cackle and you guys didn't even fucking stop. You didn't even hear I it. I heard the cackle. I thought it was Vonnie's cackle. Nope. That was good. That was me. I thought it was Vonnie too. <laughs> you I bet you know, my pretty. You and your little dog too. Look out, Echo. She said little dog. I don't have to worry about that. And that's going to do it for... Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.